The Titans are underdogs once again heading into L.A. Will their win streak finally come to an end? This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome into the Titans 10 for Friday, November the 5th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. We have got a big show today getting ready for a big Titans game this weekend on Sunday Night Football in primetime against the Rams in L.A. As always, on Fridays, we've got our weekly preview, we've got our midweek media, and we've got our quick hits, and then we're getting out of here into the weekend. So, before we get to all of those things, and there is a bunch to cover today, I have to remind you, if you're still listening to this show on the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed, first of all, what are you doing? I've told you to quit doing this a couple of times now, but go to the description of the podcast, click on the link. It'll take you to a link tree that has all of the different platforms wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Click on the one you use to subscribe to the Titans 10 feed and listen to the show there. The Titans 10 is not going to be on the F-Words feed forever. This is just a temporary thing. So if you like the show, and I hope you do, please go and subscribe to the Titans 10. You can use that link in the description of the podcast, or just go search it up wherever you get your podcasts. The Titans 10, you'll find it there. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. All right, now we've got that out of the way. Let's jump right into the Week 9 Weekly Preview. Well, the 6-2 and two Tennessee Titans head to L.A. this weekend to take on the 7-1 and one Los Angeles Rams in primetime on Sunday Night Football. This looked like a massive primetime matchup before the Derrick Henry news earlier this week. Now, it at least appears to be a bit of a lopsided matchup. This is definitely the worst spot for the Titans in this defining stretch. And if you are just now joining us for the first time, we've been talking about the past four games, this weekend being the fourth in a defining month-long four-game stretch for the Titans this season that they have so far performed spectacularly well in advance of the expectations coming in. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams all in consecutive order. We went into this saying that it would define their season in a lot of ways, how they came out of this stretch. I said that 2-2 two and two was probably the expectation for this team. They're currently at 3-0 and o pending this final game, which will be the toughest in terms of the spot for this team on the road against a red-hot Los Angeles Rams team who's been really rolling lately, granted against some lesser teams. They whipped up on the Houston Texans last weekend. But given the Henry injury earlier this week, given the health status of a number of players on this team, especially in the defensive secondary, we'll get to all of that a bit later on in the episode. But this is a really tough spot for the Titans. As a Titans fan, if you're a Titans fan listening to this podcast, which I'm assuming most of you are, this is a spot where I think you have to hedge your expectations for the Titans. Now, we know with the Titans, they're capable of winning any game, and they're capable of losing any game. We've talked about that on the show before. The Titans are never out of a matchup, regardless of how unlikely it seems, but they've been an underdog in the last three weeks in this defining stretch. All three games, they've been an underdog uh, with Vegas, and they've won outright in all three games. They are a seven and a half point underdog in this matchup, and I think because they'll be adjusting to life after Henry and they're dealing with a number of injuries elsewhere to major key parts of this team, 
I'm not sure you can expect a victory on the road here. I expect the Titans to put up maybe a bit of a bigger fight than people are expecting. I'm not sure if over a touchdown favorite for the Rams is necessarily, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if the Titans ended up covering that spread, but it does feel like an outright victory is unlikely. Speaking of injuries, there's an account that I follow on Twitter. And, and if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen this because I repost it all the time. It's called man games, lost NFL at man games, lost NFL. It's a group that puts together this chart weekly that plots out where each team is in terms of how many man games they've lost that at that point in the season due to injury, essentially taking every week, every every player every week that has been injured for that team, putting them all together, grading out based on the importance of that player to each team right and then putting them as bubbles on this graph so that you're able to see where each team is in terms of how decimated by injuries they've been so far this season well all season long the titans despite being the number one seed in the afc south and the number one seed in the afc uh they are at the on their own planet on this chart all the way to the very end of the x-axis which is total days lost and it's really quite impressive what they've been able. I'm not sure you can understate how impressive it is what they've been able to pull off, despite having by far the most most days lost to injury by their roster. Now, they haven't dealt with until this Henry injury news and just a bit with receivers earlier in the season, but they haven't dealt with too many massive injuries in terms of losing a quarterback or losing a star. Now they of course have lost Derrick Henry. That's a different story now, but up until this point, they've not dealt with losing too many stars, but their depth has been decimated up until this point. Head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay said in his press conferences all week long that they're a really beat up team right now. And they've got a couple of key injuries, but compared to the Titans, it's not even close. The Titans and Rams are on completely different sides of the spectrum of this chart. Now, moving along past the injury talk, I wanted to touch on the Peterson edition, which, you know, Adrian Peterson, perennial superstar in the league, 36 years old, future Hall of Famer. We mentioned this briefly on the Tuesday show, and by this point, you're well aware, I'm sure, that he is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. The Titans moved him from the practice squad to the active roster today, and he will be going this weekend. He spoke to the media today, and we'll be getting to that a bit more later in the midweek media segment of the show. But I wanted to address how the Titans are going to be moving almost certainly to a running back by committee setup in the run game, which is something that we see from a number of teams in the league. It's kind of a new thing for the Titans. They did it a bit in the past when Henry was still young in his career running with DeMarco Murray, a little bit with Deion Lewis, but it's been the Henry show for the past couple of seasons for the Titans. Now, Peterson's not going to be the sole answer for this team, obviously. If you think at 36 years old, he can handle even remotely the same workload that Derek was handling before he got injured, you're out of your mind. That's not happening. Even in his best seasons, he was not carrying the ball as much as Henry had been carrying the ball the past two seasons, not even close. Now, Dante Foreman... And Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols, who was already on the team, Foreman was an addition this week. He had spent some time with the team earlier last season. He's back, so he's familiar with the scheme. 
They round out the committee, so it's going to be Peterson and Dante Foreman almost certainly on early downs. I'd expect to see the two of them more as the bully between the tackles type back that Henry often was on first and second down. And then I'm not sure Jeremy McNichols' role as the third down back changes all that much. He might get a little bit more volume, but I'd expect him to primarily be that third down back and for the Titans to let Dante Foreman and Adrian Peterson handle first and second down. The key to their success in the running game is just remaining serviceable in order to supplement the play action. We know that the Titans play action game is the bread and butter of their success and what it's what makes them a dynamic offense. In order to have a good play action, I think it's a bit of a misnomer that the better your run game is, the better your play action game is. You look at who's had the most success in the league this season off of play action and rounding out the top of the list are teams like the Buccaneers and the Falcons, both of which have really, really just slightly below average running games. Neither really impresses all that much in the run game alone, but they succeed a ton in the play action passing game. So it doesn't have to be the same success in the run game for the Titans, I don't think, for them to succeed down the stretch of this season. But the run game has to remain serviceable in order for them to not have defenses essentially focus in entirely on the drop back passing game and shut them down through the air. And before we move on to midweek media, the last thing we have to touch on, of course, is the Bridges report, which has become a tradition to round out the weekly preview. That's what we're doing to round out every weekly preview each week on Friday. The Bridges Report is brought to us courtesy of Jim Wyatt over at TennesseeTitans.com. The Titans will be in all navy blue. That's jerseys, britches, and socks in L.A. this weekend. Now moving right along into the midweek media segment, we have a ton to get to. There were a lot of really great sound bites from the media availability today. We'll start with head coach Mike Vrabel, who went last at media availability, but we're going to start with him. He was asked about the running back situation and what the workload responsibilities in this committee will look like. He noted that they want production from whoever's out there, which is a given, but that the roles will be determined in large part right now by their level of conditioning, which makes sense as well. McNichols is obviously in the best football shape considering he's been on the team all season long. Foreman is almost certainly in decent football shape as he's been bouncing around the league this season. I think the biggest concern in terms of conditioning has to be Peterson. Not that it's necessarily a concern that he's been keeping himself in good shape. All signs indicate that he is in fantastic shape, but Football shape and good shape are different things, and we'll hear him mention that when we get to his media availability here in a moment. Now, Coach Vrabel also was asked about Jayon Brown, inside linebacker, if Jayon will be able to return, and he said, quote, soon, real soon, end quote, about Jayon Brown. Could we see a potential return from him this weekend? That could be big news, especially considering their linebacker depth on the injury report, which we'll talk about in a moment. Coach Rabel did, at the end of his press conference, officially rule out, personally, Kari Blossom game, Rashawn Evans, who's one of those linebackers that they're going to be missing, and offensive lineman Nate Davis, which we'll get to more in a moment when we get to the injury report. Now, the next person I want to talk about during a media availability 
is A.J. Brown. He talked at the beginning of his availability about this weekend's game, and here's what he had to say about the matchup. Uh, this is a, another huge opportunity for us, not just for me, but um, this is a, it's a big game. A lot of people count us out, so uh, not just my matchup, just just a game in general. It's a big one. We gotta we gotta come out and we gotta play. Brown said that he thinks a lot of people are counting the Titans out this weekend, which is certainly the case. He was asked about how the team is responding to the loss of Derrick Henry, and the first word out of his mouth was motivated, which, of course, the team is either going to mope around and get their butts kicked over something like that, or they're going to be motivated and come out firing hot, which the Titans are going to have to do against a really good Los Angeles Rams team. Now, he also mentioned that he's excited to block for Adrian Peterson, and he laughed about how run blocking is emphasized more than catching the ball for wide receivers in the Titans building, which sounds about right given their culture. More on uh, A.J. Brown's availability. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. This weekend, his availability is kind of up in the air based on what came out in the injury report, which is strange given his remarks during his availability. But again, we'll talk about that in a second. The next person to talk was Julio Jones. His first question, unsurprisingly, was about missing last week and how he's feeling now. He said that last week's absence was a precaution and that he's, quote, ready to roll, ready to roll. Now, this is fantastic news for the Titans, who need him badly. In my opinion, he's probably the key to this game and their their success in this game, if they are to win. I think having him out there is a must, given if A.J. Brown is playing, which we're assuming he is, but isn't a sure thing. The Titans are facing a really stout defense in the Rams. Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, he's going to be able to shut down or at least limit extensively A.J. Brown if it's just Brown in the passing game, which we've seen in the past, but they've gotten away with against lesser defenses. If A.J. and Julio are both out there in some capacity, guys are going to have to choose. The Rams can't shut use their shutdown corner on both guys at once. So having those dual threats in the passing game is probably going to be the key to their success. If both of those guys can go, I give them at least a puncher's chance. Now, Julio went on to talk about Adrian Peterson coming into the building. He was very complimentary. Actually, all of these guys were very complimentary of Adrian Peterson in their availability. Just talking about his level of practice, how he came in, uh, was was the ultimate pro, all of the things you'd expect to hear about a guy like AP. Also said that he's got a hell of a handshake on him. Uh, he was very calm, Julio was, in talking about his health and the situation with him so far this season. He was asked about the philosophy around managing his injuries so far, and here's what he had to say about that philosophy. Now, um, for me, like I said, just coming from injuries and stuff like that, well, not necessarily I was injured early on, but it's now just um, making sure I'm good to go. Don't want to have setbacks, right? That's the biggest thing is not having setbacks where you're down four or eight weeks. Right, so it's like, okay, we can take a week here and then pose in four weeks. So just those type of decisions and things like that that we make collectively. So it sounds like what we were pretty much guessing was the case with Julio. The the team is managing a veteran guy until probably later in the season when he's going to be needed more. 
could this be something like a lesson that they learned from how they managed Clowney last year? Jadavian Clowney, the big offseason get for the Titans, who played a ton of snaps early on in the season and then left early with an injury and was out for the rest of the season. You know, they're being super careful with Julio, and maybe that's just the nature of his injury status, and they're only letting him do as much as he can. But it does make you wonder, are they really letting him do as much as he could right now? I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. Now, moving on from Julio, Adrian Peterson was the next to talk to the media. This was his first time speaking to the media in Tennessee. He was first asked about what he saw in the Titans that led him to come and join the team, and here was his answer. Um, you know, just a, a great head coach, great, um, you know, energy. Um, you know, I, I felt it from the moment I got here. Uh, but you look at a team that's been competing well for the past couple of years, um, you know, leading the AFC right now, leading the division. And, you know, when I when I watch them, it's, it's crazy because I was watching the game Sunday against the Colts, and you just see a group of guys offensively, defensively, just gritty, you know, just, just, just grinding and uh, doing whatever it takes to, to, to win the game. So that right there speaks value. Peterson went on later to mention that he'd be lying if he said that joining a winning team didn't factor in to his decision in the back of his mind. He said it's been, quote, wonderful coming to join a winner after so long. I tweeted earlier today, Adrian Peterson hasn't gotten meaningful snaps on a winning team since the 2015 Minnesota Vikings. It's been six years, and now he's got the chance to carve out a role for himself as the primary carrier of the football on a, a winning team down the stretch of a season, you think he's going to be running hard? I kind of feel like he's going to be running hard considering how long it's been since he, you know, a guy like that has to be incredibly competitive. I'd imagine with these fresh legs, at least until he's been playing with the team a couple of games long enough to get injured, heaven forbid, we don't want any player to get injured, but if he were to get injured, it probably wouldn't be out of the gate. I'd imagine he's going to be running pretty hard for this team, at least in the short term, because he's playing with the winner for the first time in so long. He went on to also say that Derrick Henry was his MVP front runner until Henry went down, which is not shocking for the former MVP himself, who won an MVP on his 2000 rushing yard season, which was the season coming right off of a major season ending injury. So it was kind of a MVP comeback player of the year situation if you remember that it was earlier this I guess the mid 2000s probably 2008 something like that anyways he also said that he stayed in great shape and that there's no shape like football shape which I mentioned earlier that's obviously true if you have it's he said it's been 10 months since he's really had any football contact and that's why he's been trying to go 100 miles per hour out there this week to get ready for that football shape that he's going to be kind of thrown into the fire with. He mentioned how this team is a great scheme fit for him, which is true. They run a lot of zone run schemes, the Titans do, and that's what he's succeeded doing a lot of his career. So he can be, like I said earlier, that bully between the tackles the Titans likely want and need at that at this point, now with the absence of Derrick Henry. Moving on, finishing out this segment with the injury report, which is lengthy as it 
seemingly always is with this Titans team this season. We'll start out with the LA Rams for their part. They're missing a couple or well, they have a couple of players on the list. They actually only have one player designated as out. That player is Sebastian Joseph Day with a chest injury who was limited all week until today when he did not practice. He's a defensive lineman. They have a couple of questionable players. They're newly acquired defensive uh, lineback- pass rusher linebacker Von Miller with his ankle injury that he's been nursing. Didn't practice on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday, and then didn't practice again today on Friday. He's listed as questionable. So is star cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Though he started out the, the week with a non-injury-related rest day, he was limited on Thursday. From what we hear, he was full and then had to be limited when he sustained some kind of knee injury during the practice and then didn't practice today on Friday. He's listed as questionable. It sounds like, based on their press conferences, that he'll probably be a go, but him not being 100% certainly doesn't hinder the Titans' offensive passing attack. Another player that they have listed as questionable is their wide receiver 1-2 Robert Woods with a foot injury. He didn't practice all week until today. He was limited. Their head coach, Sean McVay, did say he expects him to not be a question that he should be playing this week. And then finally, linebacker Ernest Jones with an illness uh, did not practice today on Friday and is listed as questionable couple of other players on their team on the list, but not given a status on Friday. Defensive lineman Bobby Brown, who was a full participant Thursday and Friday. Tight end Bryson Hopkins with an illness was full to a Thursday and Friday. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, who's been on fire this year. He was non-injury related with rest. He did not practice on Wednesday, but it was full the rest of the week. Their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, with a back injury. Now, this is interesting. He was not given a status today, and Coach Sean McVay did say that he expects him to not be a question on game day, that he should be going, but he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday and then was limited in today's practice. So that's something to keep your eye on, especially if that Titans pass rush can continue to collapse the pocket and get after the quarterback like they were. Stafford may not be in the greatest shape uh, physically. Now, moving on to the Titans side of things, which is a lengthier list, they have four players designated as out, like we said earlier, fullback Kari Blossom game, guard Nate Davis, and linebacker Rashawn Evans are all out, which Vrabel indicated at the end of his press conference. Not, uh, all three of those players did not practice at all this week. Also, cornerback Greg Mabin, who was a practice squad call-up uh, either one or two weeks ago to play in the depleted secondary for the Titans, he did not practice all week long until today where he was, uh, no, excuse me, I'm reading it wrong. He didn't practice at all this week with his ankle injury and is out. Now, the Titans at first said that he was going on to injured reserve, but then changed it to say that he's just out, but he's not being put on the injured reserve list, which is, I guess, good news for the Titans considering their depth at second at, at the cornerback position being so depleted, but it's not great news for this immediate game, right? Uh, they also have... Five players listed as questionable. Fullback Tory Carter with a shoulder injury was limited all week until today when he didn't practice. Tackle Kendall Lamb with a back injury was limited on Wednesday, full on Thursday, and then didn't practice on Friday. Tackle Taylor Lawan with a knee injury was added to the injury list on Thursday, was a limited participant on Thursday, and then didn't practice today on Friday. He's listed as questionable. Now, if the Titans don't have him out there, 
they're going to have to have Kendall Lamb out there, which is also listed, who is also listed as questionable. So both of those players being listed as questionable, their depth beyond that at the tackle position doesn't really exist for this Titans team. So they're going to have to have one of those go. Obviously, you have to hope as a Titans fan that it's Lawan, but we don't know the extent of his knee injury. Speaking of knee injuries, linebacker Monty Rice, rookie, he was added as well on Thursday, was limited on Thursday, and then didn't practice today. He's listed as questionable. So if he's out having a guy like Jayon Brown, which it was alluded to earlier, might be back this week, could be big for that linebacker depth, which is also depleted. And then wide receiver A.J. Brown, like I alluded to earlier, added to the list today with a knee injury. We know that he's dealt with knee injuries in the past. He did not pra- He practiced full on Wednesday and Thursday, but did not practice today. His is the strangest uh, of the names on this list, just because according to the coaches, this week was because the team was so banged up, really just light walkthroughs and and conditioning. Um, and A.J. Brown was fine until today. None of the reporters saw anything that indicated his injury today during open practice. And then he spoke to the media, which happens after practice. It's not necessarily an indicator that a player will for sure go if they speak to the media, but it is strange for a player to speak to the media and not go in a game. So for him to be listed as questionable is a bit suspect. That was something that came to light after the media availability, so they weren't able to ask him or Coach Mike Vrabel or anybody else about him. Based on his comments about the game, it sounds like he's going to be a go, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. That's a red flag. Some other players on this list. Cornerback Chris Jackson with a foot injury was a DNP on Wednesday and Thursday and then limited on Friday. Defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons with his ankle injury, somebody that we had our eye on all week long, was also DNP Wednesday, Thursday, and then limited today. Having him out there will be massive for the team. A couple of players who are on here that, you know, I don't I don't know for sure, but it awfully sounds like it's not going to be an issue getting them out there. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree with his knee injury was limited all week, as was Julio Jones with a hamstring limited all week. But we saw a lot of footage from Julio Jones. He looks like he's ready to go. He said himself he's ready to go. Defensive lineman Tier Tart was limited on Wednesday, but then full the rest of the week with a groin injury. Sounds like he's going to be good to go. And then safety Dane Cruikshank with a concussion was full all week long. Also on the list, added on Thursday, was outside linebacker Harold Landry, who obviously has been having a monster, incredible season for the Titans. He was added with a hamstring injury, which had hindered him a little bit last week. He was added as a limited participant on Thursday and then limited again today. He doesn't have a Friday designation, so it sounds like he's going to be a go, but we have to keep our eye on that. So overall, an injury mess for the Titans going into this game. And there's a lot to keep our eyes on in terms of whether or not this team is going to be really, really handicapped based on their injuries even further beyond the Henry injury or whether or not they're going to have a puncher's chance because they've got their star players out there. All right, finally, on to quick hits. Just one thing to mention here on the quick hit segment before we get out of here into the weekend. Kevin Byard. I had to throw a little love Kevin Byard's way. He's been playing really, really incredible football. The Titans have forced nine turnovers in the last six games by my count. Kevin Byard has caused four of those nine and returned a fumble for a touchdown. He's not 
really being outplayed by any other safety in the league right now. I'm not sure there's another safety in the league playing better than him at this point this season. And if you look at the numbers, he's been the best safety in football since 2017, which was his first full year as a starter. He has 22 interceptions since that 2017 season opener, which is five more than the next closest safety over that stretch. And he's got 50 PBUs, which leads the second place safety by eight. So true ball hawk, given the state of the secondary, Kevin is going to have to play this inspired football in order for them to really have a chance in coverage. He's been really great kind of not babysitting last season. He babysat the secondary a lot and that caused him to have a down season by his standards, but he's been taking care of that secondary and he's been the threat back there. Really the only threat that opposing quarterbacks have had to take into consideration when they pass the ball downfield. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. Before we go, I got to plug a couple of things. Like I said earlier this week on Tuesday, I am now joining Jimmy Morris, who is the editor-in-chief over at MusicCityMiracles.com and the director of content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We are co-hosting Home Run Throwback, which is back. It is a podcast that we are bringing back to you every Monday morning following each weekend's game. We're going to be recapping everything that went on from the game. We got our immediate reaction. It's a longer form discussion podcast. I think you'll really enjoy it. The first couple have been great. You can go listen to them right now. Check us out on Monday morning as our next episode after this weekend's Sunday Night Football game happens. We'll have one for you on Monday morning as always. That's Home Run Throwback. Go and subscribe to that show right now that this episode's about to end. Once it's over, go subscribe. Home Run Throwback. I think you'll really like it. It's a good time. All right, the Titans and the Rams, like we've been talking about. Sunday Night Football, 720 Central on NBC this Sunday. Make sure to check out the game there. And make sure not to check, not to miss the next episode of the Titans 10 next Tuesday, where we'll be breaking down the game and all the news that comes out of the weekend action. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you for sticking with me for this triple XL episode of the Titans 10. We had just so much to get to. Enjoy the next couple of days. Enjoy your NFL Sunday. Enjoy the weekend. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10. And I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please, send them this show. And don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives because, of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. All right, that's going to do it for today. 
I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10.